0: Assalamu alaikum! Welcome to Kunefa and Shea, a podcast produced for HowlRound Theater Commons, a free and open platform for theater makers worldwide. Kunefa and Shea discusses and analyzes contemporary and historical Middle Eastern and North African, or MENA, theater from across the region. I'm Marina. And I'm Nabra. And we're your hosts. Our name, Kunafa and Shay, invites you into the discussion in the best way we know how, with complex and delicious sweets like kunafa and perfectly warm
1: tea, or in Arabic, Shay. Qunefa and Shay is a place to share experiences, ideas, and sometimes to engage with our differences. In each country in the Arab world, you'll find Qunefa made differently. In that way, we also lean into the diversity, complexity, and robust flavors of MENA theater. We bring our own perspectives, research and special guests in order to start a dialogue and encourage further learning and
0: discussion. In our second season, we highlight US Mena theater makers with an impact nationally and internationally. This season outlines the state of Mena theater today through the lens of multi-generational and multidisciplinary artists.
1: Yella, grab your tea. The Shea is just right.
0: In the greater conversation about MENA or SWANA identity, many national and ethnic groups do not neatly fit into that category or are in between geographic areas. One of the largest groups that are both within and without what is considered the Middle East is Iran. So, Many Iranian leaders are making intentional space for the diversity and specificity of their culture by creating companies for Iranian artists. In this episode, we highlight two Iranian theater companies, Seda Iranian Theater Ensemble in Seattle, Washington, and Peda Theater Company in New York City. We are thrilled to be joined by the founding artistic directors of both companies. Before
1: we begin, let's introduce our guests. Shadi Graheri is a theater film director, choreographer, and writer from Tehran, Iran, based in New York City. She's directed Band at Broadway Bound, Gift of the Last Tree at Saddleback College, Glimpse at Rattlestick, Mother Courage at Hunter College, Fenn at Columbia, Untitled at Rattlestick, Lucretia at Here, Last Days of Judas Iscariot at Williams College, Death of Yazgard, Titus Andronicus at Yale School of Drama. Other credits include The Slow Sound of Snow at Yale Cabaret. She co-curated a four-play season directing Trojan Women and Lear at Yale Summer Cabaret. Also, she has co-founded and co-curated Emruz Festival and co-founded Paysa Theatre Company. Shadi was a 2016 Polly and Daisy Soros Fellow the 2018 Directing Fellow at Rattlestick Playwright Theater, and the winner of the Robert L.B. Tobin Director-Designer Showcase in
0: 2019. Parmida Ziai is an Iranian designer, performer, and choreographer based in Seattle. She has been designing various interior, architectural, immersive, and entertainment spaces, and has also been a scenic and production designer with many local Seattle theaters, including Seattle Shakespeare Theater, Sound Theater, and Seattle Public Theater. Parmida is the co-founder and producing managing director of Seda Iranian Theatre Ensemble and is the resident set designer with Macha Theatre Works. When not designing, Parmida performs, teaches, and choreographs contemporary and Persian dances. Excellent. It's
1: so great to have you both with us today. Thank you for sharing this space together. Thank you for inviting
2: us. Very exciting. Thank you. you for having us.
1: So we'll start with just talking about your companies and what made you start your company, what inspired you to do that work. And then if you want to talk about any current projects that you're working on, too, uh, that will give us a taste of of what your work is like. Yeah, so uh,
3: our company in Seattle is called Seda Iranian Theater Ensemble, and we started right before the pandemic, December 2019, and... Um, it's a company founded by Naghmeh Samini and myself. Uh, Naghmeh Samini is a very well-known Iranian theater writer and educator and scholar in Iran, and her work has been performed and uh, published all over the world. And she happened to be in Seattle, and we were connected through a mutual friend. And that mutual friend knew that we both were in theater and excited about like finding community and um, just kind of needed each other in a way so she connected us and we just sat in her living room one day and planned Sada and that was it and it was just like a very one-day decision that we're gonna start this thing and we figured out a name and I made a logo and that was it and um, we really I mean she really wanted to um, connect with the theater community here but she didn't have any connections and um, didn't really know where to start and I have been um, a scenic designer in town for a while so I had a very uh, close connections with a lot of theater community in town and but I also didn't know any Iranians who were doing theater in town so I was kind of curious about who's out there and you know how can we connect and not just in Seattle but in the U.S. and so it kind of was a spark for us to start uh, finding that community here and we started with some classes that she she taught because that was um, what she wanted to do and That was the best way for us to get the community excited about theatre. So that's kind of how we started and then a lot happened after that, (laughs) but I'm gonna let Shadi
2: go ahead and explain. Um, Well it's like so lovely to hear that like how much like urgent and just like uh, naturally has been the like case for you Parmidan, it was exactly the same for us too. I was, like, collaborating on a reading festival at Atlantic Theatre with uh, some other collaborators. Um, And for that uh, reading festival, I wrote a play named uh, Tosca Tehran. um, And it just needed Iranian actors. (laughs) And so, like, I started, like, you know, looking for them. And I had, I always had, like... um, um women identifying like actors around me so like it was always harder for me to find men um but like I started like looking for you know a cast for that show and and that cast is like um kind of the members of Peda Company, uh, we like did that reading and we continuously like, you know, spend time together. And there was this just like feeling of uh, affinity space or like, just like a very like home kind of um, space for an artist. Um, and I like, you know, and, and they kept saying it to me, like, I have to do it like just because I'm a director and I'm like, no, that it doesn't work that way. Like you do it yourself. But um they looked at me and I was honored and I suggested, like, you know, we become a company of theater artists that uh, create together, um, you know, curate together um, and um, practice together. Um, so that's just what payday is. And uh, we spend times to think about who we are, what is our mission and uh, what is our name even. And the foundation of name was just like so Emergence strategy kind of way that was like out of like one of our brainstorming sessions at the beginning that uh, Hassan, one of our members, said, uh, well, like we keep all of us in our mission here and there say we found each other. What is like found, being found, like... In Farsi, and we all look at each other and we're like "peda," hey, and like it felt like such an easy like word to say in West too. So like for a week, we would just like arrive to people and write and "peda" uh, hey, on a page and say, "How do you say this?" And everyone would say "peda."
0: Hey, we did that too, <laughs> and so I was like, "Okay, good, good. West can read us. Let's go." <laughs> exactly. Parmita, how did you uh, come up with your name, and what does it mean? Yeah, I mean, we also
3: did the whole West Western Czech uh, name, name check just to make sure everybody can pronounce it. Uh, and uh, but we started also me and in that same session, we were sitting in her living room, we started just being like, okay, what do we call ourselves? And we had a lot of different, you know, we were like, okay, it needs to be short and to the point, but also like, we were like okay well we what are we trying to do we really are trying to give voice and um be able to bring out a different kind of voice and give voice to people who haven't had a voice before and really came down to like and seda in uh, in varsity means voice it also means sound and so it kind of had a lot of meaning to it in various different ways but um yeah, and then we were like, "Yeah, this is it." And we actually had some other names that we took so to, to some of our uh, American friends. We we're like, "Can you pronounce this?" And it was not a not a good not a good way to move forward. So we're like, "Let's scratch those." So that is more easier to pronounce, but also like the truest it's been to our mission. And I think it was the perfect name for us now looking back because of everything we've been able to do through this company. So.
0: Can you uh, go into some of the work that you all do and kind of what, how you define your theater company? Is there kind of a uh, a feeling or a, a vibe to the work uh, that's very specific? I know that, of course, you're trying to um, reflect and give voice to Iranian theater makers. Is there is there a way that you would describe Iranian theater? Are there things that are a part of Iranian theater that you want to make sure is present in all of your work,
2: well, we do a variety of um projects um sometimes we create together and um make something new and like the process um is again different. I sometimes have a play or someone else has a play that they offer to work on, or we just um write something from scratch together. Um, and, um, I will say like, that is like the biggest thing we practice or we believe in, and which is collaboration. And I don't like mean it necessarily. It needs to be just like absolutely all the time, equal work, equal, like, you know, opinion or whatever. It's just like more fluid. Like it's just, um, combination of observations and, um, work together. Sometimes someone, you know, um, leads more. Um, But um, we have made a a dance piece called Untitled, which was completely from scratch. We just had one subject that we all shared to uh, collaborate and explore on, and that was an aftermath of war. Um, And it's just because uh, war is like a um, subject that um, if the people that their like families, homes, like countries, lands, all of it is affected by it, won't talk about it, no one else will. And of course, like we are a combination of immigrants. Um, So I can't say, like, what is Iranian theater, to be honest, Nabra. I can just say, like, um, the Iranian theater that is labeled on our work is related to our identity. Um, But uh, in the combination of um, total number of people who are in PEDA, we have such a different identity of Iranian, Iranian Americans. Uh, some of us like got here five years ago. Some of us was born here, um, and mm, there's like so many more between. So um, we we when we create, it becomes more universal. Um, but um, sometimes it's very specific. It's about the like Iranian uh, political prisoners and Iranian female political prisoners. It's just that's the subject. So yes, it becomes like very very um, specific. I think
3: for us, um, we knew that it was mostly, it wasn't about necessarily that we um, were trying to just showcase Iranian theater, but the fact that we wanted to bring Iranian theater, Iranian people um, to the forefront of the theater work that we're doing more, than, if that makes sense. And so, um, and... A large portion of what we do because of Nam's background is education in our company. And it has been for the past two years. We started with classes. We continue with classes. We've done a bunch of different workshops and to be able to kind of bring people who have never even done theater before who are Iranian in town. And most of these classes have been in Farsi so far, even though we are trying to kind of bridge that that gap and actually introduce also our uh, people on our theater to the non-Iranian community here that's another thing that we were striving to but so far it has been mostly that we're finding that community and giving them an opportunity to come and explore theater really and that's kind of been so far what it's been like I would say in terms of like you said what is Iranian theater I think Shadi is right like it's hard to define that but at the same time I think for me um, I have recognized so much more now how much amazing experimental work is coming out of iran and being done in iran and i think the work that we have we are doing mainly because of the style of work that me and now both are interested in is that kind of bold experimental um and a lot of new stuff and and just kind of like exploring more contemporary theater than like going back and necessarily working on um, more historical place let's say so that's kind of the style that we have developed I think over the time and we're recognizing that that is what we are more interested in um, is more contemporary work and um, it could be work that's I would say probably the subject matter is the most important thing for us is that we are giving voice to immigrants and that doesn't mean that it's just Iranian immigrants and I think that that can we're still kind of working on what that means in the future, but. Um, so far, the focus has definitely been on our Iranian identity and Iranian immigrants more than uh, kind of a more global um, perspective. So I think there's a lot of things we're still kind of exploring, figuring out, testing out in terms of what works. Um, currently, again, we are continuing with some classes. Um, we're looking at a solo performance workshop um, coming up, and we uh, we did a lot of online classes during the pandemic. Um, and most of those were taught by nahwe we also did a design a series workshop that was like introducing people to scenic design and lighting design and sound design and we invited and that was in english and we invited other designers in town to kind of give their perspective who were not iranian necessarily because there are no <laughs> a lot of the, there are no iranian designers in seattle that to do some of those specific design um uh fields so it was harder to kind of find those people so we wanted to Start bringing in more Iranians into the field of theater, at least in this town, too, which there's a lot of amazing people all over the U.S., but wasn't that much in Seattle.
1: It's really beautiful to hear the beginnings of a company and really how you're like taking the time to explore and figure out what, what this company is, what you want to do. Um, I have so many questions, but can you talk a little bit more about the classes that you said there's a solo performance workshop coming up and the classes that have been online? I mean, I'm just so excited also that there are design classes. I feel like where I was growing up, there were no design classes like you could act or you could do nothing um, in theater. Right. So it felt like that was the only option. And so it's so nice that there are options that you're providing. um, But please tell us a little bit more about what those classes look like.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And we started the first class that basically started SEDA was a general theater workshop and it was taught in Farsi. It was taught by Nava mainly. I kind of taught a couple of sessions of it to introduce people to the design world, but it really was to introduce people to the possibilities of theater and the world of theater, like just kind of an introductory level. Um, That's kind of where we started. Then we kind of had this community who are now really like passionate and excited to, learn more so we had a couple other classes we had a thousand and one night uh workshop that taught because uh she's been writing and, and uh, researching uh, thousand and one night for 30 years so she had that wealth of knowledge so we did that and that actually expanded us because it was online we had students from iran we had students from europe we had all over the world really um and that that was another one we had another class that was focused on um kind of looking at world events through the lens of theater so people created like videos and that was also online so people did a lot of work in their homes and creating videos and writing things based on um world events that was exciting to them and or uh uh, important to them and it wasn't just about Iran it was a lot of different news that would come out at the time or before that people were just you know wanted to explore um, and then we, we did that design workshop which also so most of these were online throughout this whole time because it was the pandemic obviously and we were trying to find ways of doing theater classes that made sense to do online too because I mean let's be honest doing acting classes online is not is not easy so we were trying to find also subject matters that were exciting enough uh, and possible to do online that didn't kind of put a you know, put a limitation on how far you could go. So that's kind of why some of these subjects came up. Um, and yeah, that design workshop. I mean, I'm very passionate about the fact that you know, design, like getting people into the field of theater design. As it was super hard for me to get into it, I think it's it's just giving people and. Even just a taste of, okay, what is sound design? What is lighting design? Some people don't even know in our community what those exactly mean or what you do as a sound designer, what you do as a lighting designer. So these workshops were very introductory. I invited some of my friends who I've worked with in town to kind of uh, teach this like very introductory. It was like two weekends. You just kind of get a taste of what it is, go home, explore it a little bit more, come back. And like, let's. so it was super, you know, low key and kind of uh, introductory just to kind of get an idea and put a seed in people's minds if they're interested in going further with those. So this whole time has, we've been trying to kind of make people understand or get or explore really what they're interested in theater. Um, and we kind of try to continue to do that and make it um, as accessible as we can um, to, to our community and beyond if we can.
2: Um. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I think like, because we continuously have to like adjust and change our, whatever we're doing as theater artists. Like, that's why like, you know, a pandemic happens. And as um, Parmita is saying, like, you need to adjust. You need to be all of a sudden become educational or like, you know, you have to like adjust to become something else. And so like, we went through that a little bit um, as well but um, we are multidisciplinary because um, Like, you know, I consider myself performer and director, like people are like, uh, like the dramaturg, um, uh, Diana Fatih in our, like team is an actor is like a professional actor on like the best stages in Tehran. And now like, she's like in America and she's studying dramaturgy and like, she's in the space with us. So, you know, this person can offer so many different things that I don't even know where is the line between is, is it this or is it that? Um, and because I love devising and I am not a great, good writer, to be honest, because uh, writing in English is very difficult for me. It's, there's so many layers of translation, like the emotion, the, like a uh, dreaming of the piece is like, you know, in some other language and until it comes to words in English, like it's a lot of stuff, uh, <laughs> like it's not a, it's not, um joyful or pleasurable like experience in writing as it is in like writing in Farsi for me. So uh, devising becomes like my magical tool somehow um, because I love to complete something in a group of people. And sometimes there's designers and sometimes there's actors or dramators, And the combination of that is I think like how theater must be done and if it's not, it's because of uh, economy reasons and because of like the system of money that has been like specific to America designed around us. That doesn't allow me and the dramaturg and the designer and the actors spend time in one place together in creation. Um, but, uh, here and there you find group of people who, although there's no resources and money want to do that. Um, and sometimes we feel that way and sometimes we don't, and sometimes we don't have time to feel that way. Um, we have to like, you know, catch up with life out of pandemic, like every single one of us, we, many of our, all of us were in New York and many of us are not now. So like, it is a big shift and, um, we figure out a way to move forward um and i think like all of us are hungry for much more work and um if there's any conversation around like you know these identity politics and labels that we use in like our like contemporary theater world in america uh my thought is like um resources and network in order for any of us to develop is like almost zero if not like something negative toward or toward our activities and existence because all of the um, things around us are made uh, for um, a different privileged person than me so um, like I think like that's the only place that like um, things like Mina or Swana like for me has importance or importance in narration because it um, can be connected to a very clear request that and um, there's uh, we all have agreed and understood that there is like important urgent stories to be told by people who have not had the privilege to tell as um, in a repetition and cycle as other have and um that's where any collaboration exists, sharing resources and sharing uh, privilege and existence and practice and storytelling. so um you know, and that's I think what um, we are challenging with. Uh, we have like four uh, projects, and they are ready to be installed, or they are in a place to be workshop for three years from now. We have work to do, but um the reality of life doesn't allow us to like um, move forward artistically and as a collective the way we desire. Like there's so much work producing-wise for every single artist to do in a freelance world and in like a Ruth Gas like a collective collectives like us that like um, it's the most important multidisciplinary and uh, like a- aspect of our life, but
0: not necessarily the one that anyone has chose to do. I think that's incredibly important. A lot of what we talk about uh, here on this podcast is um, coalition building, how we're kind of the importance of different uh, theater, smaller theater companies um, and identity-based theater companies uh, supporting each other and sharing resources and kind of lifting all of our stories onto the... um, national and like kind of the forefront of the national stage. Um, I would love to hear both of your thoughts, you know, on, on this subject of the identity politics within theater and um, the kind of where you see the, uh, the status, I guess, of Iranian American theater today. Uh, I know that, you know, I know of both of your companies, but I don't know of any other Iranian specific theater companies uh, in the U.S. and so I'd love to know if there are others that you would like to lift up, um, and you know how or if coalition building, resource sharing has been useful to you, uh, where you've found uh, you know strength in creating these new companies and building them, and kind of what you see as the future of identity specific or Iranian specific theater in the U.S. Those are a lot of big, multi-faceted <laughs> questions. Uh, but some of the musings I've been thinking about, as Shadi was sharing.
3: This might be an answer to one of your questions or kind of a little bit of everything. But I think it's hard to obviously say kind of, I mean, I feel like there's also still a lot a lot that I don't know of in a lot of other cities in the US in terms of like what Iranians have been doing. I know some obviously in New York and I know some stuff happening in DC. I know some stuff in Bay Area because I was there. Um, So there are, there are actually a lot of, I think, small, they might not be at the forefront and they might not be well known that much beyond their town, but I think there are definitely a lot happening. Um, I think definitely for me, what I personally find a challenge, and also I think it might not be necessarily a challenge, but the reason why some of these don't come to the forefront is that I think... um, in a positive way, people, especially in our community, love when something is in our own language. Obviously, so we would love like people try to kind of produce work, and are gravitated more towards things that are in our in our, are in our own language naturally. And we'd love to go see plays that are in Farsi. And but obviously, that uh, limits the audience, right? So you only get a certain you know from our own community. So it kind of doesn't go beyond that. It doesn't introduce it to other. Um, uh, communities around them or you know doesn't go beyond uh non-farsi speakers which is not a bad thing it's just like i think it might be a reason why some of these communities or theaters kind of stay within a certain audience and within a certain community and i personally here have been kind of i mean i would both would would love to kind of do more work in english and produce more more work in english and have more classes in english but we definitely have found that that puts a limit also on people who are Iranian who don't want to necessarily go to class that's taught in English or are not interested in seeing a show that's, you know, even if it's ar- around their identity, but it's not in their language. Um, I think that's definitely a thing that I found in our community of being like, it's like a balance of like, we want to bridge the gap and go beyond our Iranian community, but at the same time, we want to invite our Iranian community to, to be a part of this and just kind of. language thing is a is a thing that i'm finding is a very important factor in how how we can reach different audiences and different people and and then beyond that is like for me it's like okay if our work and our um what we're trying to do doesn't reach beyond our own community then there's a whole other level of like introduction that doesn't happen to Iranian theater in our other communities, or there's a whole other level of reach that we don't have, uh, to other immigrant communities also because of just that language factor. And this is just something that's been on my mind a lot recently. And I think this is a challenge that we've been noticing when we introduce things that are in English through our theater company and what that, what kind of, uh, audience that attracts or what kind of audience that, uh, uh, doesn't attract and uh, what that subsequent kind of um, result is or what that leads to in the terms of the work that we do.
0: Pramidia's question brought up uh, one facet of kind of my question, which was this question of audience and how you think about audience, because I do think that, you know, we need to be doing work in our own languages. I've been wanting to do work in Arabic. But... I'm worried about like who is the audience you know how are we going to get resources to do that and and there should be so much more support for that specific uh, community based work that is for a specific community in a specific language um, but it's so difficult to get those resources so i guess one of the questions uh, one of the sub questions is really how do you think about audience um and does that affect um the the work you're producing um the the resources that you're getting what do you see as the future of Iranian theater in the US or the present even um and and some of the barriers that you're facing as well as uh what you're kind of looking forward to seeing in the greater uh you know Iranian theater community and landscape
2: um i think like the community work uh with um Heyda is like very different um, uh, like approaches. Uh, One important part of it is uh, to um, collaborate and uh, work with a community of theater artists, Iranian theater artists, Iranian American theater artists. So that leaves like the audience or the person who receives our work like completely um, on a different um, community group for me. And um, so like uh, we like very much um, like to do the job of uh, theater artists as we wish um with um people uh, that share like uh, different identities we have collaborators immigrant collaborators from all around um, and um we have um, a variety and a di- di- completely diverse group of collaborators but um for um me is very hard to hear from all of my Iranian, Iranian-American actors. Uh, what is the like um, 99% of the casting calls they get, and um, it's not definitely Ham- Hamlet, um, but uh, there are a um, million of Hamlets between us, and it's just embarrassing at this point that in a country like that is the case. So we create like some spaces for our own to like really do the character we believe in and we want to do. Uh, And I think uh, there's so much value to taking care and boosting our community of Iranian uh, and Iranian American and Middle Eastern and Swana and um, um, people of color of this country. We have like so much job, you know, we have to like boost ourselves and bring ourselves up, of of course. And that's one community work we do Um, with community of Iranian um, just like audience of um, location we work, which is New York. Like, I think we have been... um, um, in a, a really good relationship uh, because um, I ha- I'm close with Iranian-speaking, Farsi-speaking uh, community of uh, New York, thank God. And um, uh, we have this EMRUZ festival uh, collective that much more uh, embraces our language and our culture. Uh, but um, in theater, uh, in Qaeda, um, as, as you said at uh, Parmida as well, um, language is a thing. We Most of us don't speak Farsi at all. Um, so like uh, we have to in space like, you know, talk like English and like sometimes make fun of the ones who don't know and um, laugh about it. Um, so like we write in English. Um, our audience is very, very like American theater goers. Uh, Because of uh, my background from Yale, because of my relationship to off-Broadway, because of many actors that are coming from great schools of acting, and um, they are working in like off-Broadway and Broadway uh, stages. So uh, we have a network of every theater goer that we can like have in our scale. Um, But when we share like Iranian stories in our theater, like we bring our community and our friends um, most of the time is trying to get right tickets for them because the tickets are very expensive and it must not be that way. Um, so like it's like, you know, making community uh, nights um, or like making, uh, you know, uh, tickets that are available for the people because diversifying the audience is as important as diversifying uh, diversifying our like, you know, um, uh, board and uh, collectives and. Um, I think, like, I—it's very hard to say about future of like theater in general. Leave it alone, Iranian theater or anything. Um, I don't know. I think um, I don't. I am every day trying as like an <laughs> older artist um, and like and to not care about audience. I am very tired of doing audience's job for them. And um, I have heard from other people, artists that are older than me or like more mature and experienced in their own field that like sooner or later, like we should not care about that. So like I have decided that my audience is whoever comes to see the show and I will be honored that I have that person. I am not going to write in order for a specific institution or audience to understand me, to curate me, to season me. I think it's enough. it is insulting at this point because at certain point in 2017 that was not understood, but now we all get it. So if you're playing it, it is now insulting, and I know I have to write about my women and my people, the people who are going through like the most horrifying like injustice that we can hear, and I'm gonna write about it. And maybe like never will get like produced, or maybe next year or twenty years. Like that should not be the point for us making anything anymore. Cause just like abuse. <laughs> um, I just want to respond to that because I think I
3: love what you said about not, you know, not caring. And it's it's, you know, it you're constantly as a theater company as a producer, you're constantly walking this like balanced line of like what I want to do versus like oh we need to also eat you know and like we need to make money to be able to pay our artists and produce work and like what is that balance? and we get offered from actually iranian um culture organizations we did get offered a grant from a cultural iranian organization in town here to produce something because they got a grant from like department of health and we're like okay let's talk about like is this aligning with our yes there's a money yes this is going to be great we can produce a work is this aligning with our vision? We decided to do that. We did it. and But, you know, we get offered that kind of stuff all the time. And it's like, okay, do I want to just do it because we need to do something and we need to keep afloat and we need to produce work and keep our name out there, which is another thing. You feel like you constantly have to, like, do things so that people don't forget about you. <laughs> or, you know, should we step back and just reevaluate and actually, and just, like, no, okay, is this is actually something we want to do and is this aligning with what we're trying to do. And as, like, my brain is constantly in that battle with our theater company of, like, you know, what are we picking and choosing? And what is something that we actually enjoy doing, too? Because eventually this is we're doing this because we also enjoy doing theater. And we don't want it to become, like, like Shadi said, nobody wants to do the whole admin side of theater. Nobody's interested in that. But it's something that we have to do. and something that... We do the you know we do the raising the money and all of that because we want to eventually do what we love and produce work that we love, and at the same time you know like going back to the language thing, Shadi, I feel like we need to go out. It seems like we are like we can complete each other in terms of the audience that we don't necessarily care about. We what, they might help us uh, because I feel like we actually have the other problem of like uh, tr- like every time we introduce something in English. Uh, or we want to do a class in English or something in English, we have a lot less interest and a lot less uh, attraction to our stuff. Immediately when we introduce something in Farsi, and I think a lot of it comes from the fact that, obviously, Nama Sami has a huge uh, Iranian follower, and, and she's incredible at her, at her classes that she teaches in Farsi. So every time that we introduce something like that, we have a huge audience, and everybody's attending and loves to kind of collaborate. But I think finding that balance of like, Again, going beyond the reach—not just in the audience, but in the artists that we attract and the students that we attract—it um,
2: seems like we might complete each other
3: <laughs> in that way. So,
2: yeah, that's wonderful. And also, like sometimes it's just okay to like observe what is uh, needed, and we you, you don't need to do all. You know, like I feel like, and Naghma and Seattle's like ar- Iranian artists. They have a different relationship to language and Farsi than um, inside New York. And, like, actually, it's unfortunate that in New York that's not the case because, like, it doesn't allow it to, like, you know, like, who's going to produce you if you have a full, like, Iranian, like, Farsi language, like, show. Um, It's not that we don't want to do. We're dying to act in Farsi, in my opinion. But um, I think, like, there's, like, so much, like, a potential, so much potential for us to collaborate with each other, like share networks and spaces. And I think um, we do that and we must continue to do that. And uh, I hope that um, it grows the network and the network that has anything grows. Um, So um, we are not like resharing what we already have with each other, but like uh, we are sharing more than the world together.
0: Well, I want to uplift as well that you just have you both doing so much pipeline work. I mean, I'm hearing so much about how you're building your audiences, you're you're um, you're communicating to your audiences and responding to your audiences, whatever that might be, um, especially the Iranian community. Um, And you're also creating, building and growing a pipeline for Iranian theater artists in all aspects of theater, which is so exciting and so, so crucial. Um, I mean, it will contribute to the future of of theater in so, so many ways to um, just have these educational opportunities and building and community building opportunities um, for so many new and and established artists. Uh, So thank you for doing that work. And I already see a future for uh, the American theater, Iranian theater, and and Iranian-American theater through, you know, that work alone, that pipeline work alone, Um, not to mention all of the incredible art you're doing um, and the multidisciplinary art you're doing um, and the work in Farsi that you're creating. So uh, it's all just very, very exciting to hear about.
1: Something that I was wondering about, and it's a question that Numbra actually has asked other people in front of me, and I think it's really useful. If you could wave a wand and see a different American theater landscape, what would that look like to you? What would that mean for theater practice and theory and the, the world that we see or we want to see for theater? Um, that's a, that's a hard question. <laughs> um. It feels like your companies are reenvisioning the world in beautiful, strong ways. And so I'm just curious to know what your take on that is. I think like the Octavia
2: Butler version of saying what that like like you know ideal world looks like is that we just really stop talking about like gender, race, like ethnicity, like uh, sexual orientation, and we do not get surprised that artistic director is a woman or we do not get surprised that like off-broadway has one show that it's not completely white like we just like um i think we will be in a world that um there is not extra uh, energy and work to do just in order to have equal Uh, we can just make something and we can disagree with each other and decide to just like go for each other. And that's how like we will make better arts. We will still be like, you know, saying different things, but um, we will share so much, but it would really truly be a theater that um, raising money or having money is not like an absolute different experience for me than Um, somebody else that we will not right now put at my you know thing I think like you know right now if you look at New York's theater from like down to up um how many like women of color immigrant women you see in the artistic director role or um how many uh female uh person of color you see at stages of Broadway. Um, It's just, you know, it's the other, like another one of those things that we all know, but I hope that we have a um, American theater in near future that we actually are arguing about our ideas, about life and opinion and our art at the surface and not our identity and who was our father, mother. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with more with that.
3: And I think for me, another thing is like uh, I am tired of asking for money, and I'm tired of uh, just constantly comparing theater with other fields who have standards, have contracts, have you know minimum wages, have all of that. And I, I, I just want a world where theater is has, you know, everybody's making a living wage and we're not constantly compromising our artistic abilities and visions because of money. I'm like, I'm just tired of that (laughs) personally. And I think it's like constantly, I mean, obviously you can do so much in theater with nothing. Theater is, you can just get on a stage and create and make beautiful things. But in a world that we are and in the capitalism that exists, I think there's a lot of limitations just finding space, I mean, the first thing, you know, and like so much of just that and, and just being able to like, one of my biggest goals is like, I never would want to ask anybody to do anything for set up for free, or, you know, obviously, we always ask for volunteer help and all of that. But I, my I don't, I would never want to just assume that somebody's going to, you know, design a show for us, because we're a small theater company that, you know, we're not able to pay them, like, that is something that we would want to do. and. So I feel like it would be great if there's a world where that is not a constant worry for theater companies on the forefront, you know.
0: I completely agree with both of you as well. I mean, two incredibly crucial points. Um, Thank you so much. We're at the end of our time together and it's been just so illuminating to hear from both of you. I'm so excited about the work that you're doing um, and really hope that all of our audiences follow the work you're doing and, um, and support of course, the work that you both are doing. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having
1: us. Thank you so much. This has been really lovely. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having tea with us. This has been another episode of Kanefa and Shay. We're your hosts, Marina and Nebra. This podcast is produced as a contribution to HowlRound Theatre Commons. You can find more episodes of this series and other HowlRound podcasts in our feed on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts.
0: Be sure to search HowlRound Theatre Commons podcasts and subscribe to receive new episodes. If you loved this podcast, post a rating and write a review on those platforms. This helps other people find us. You can also find a transcript for this episode along with a lot of progressive and disruptive content on HowlRound.com.
1: Have an idea for an exciting podcast, essay, or TV event the theater community needs to hear? Visit HowlRound.com and submit your ideas to the comments.
0: We hope you tune in next time. Thank you for joining us on Kunefa and Shay. Yellow. bye! bye.